Amen. 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 All right, if you have your Bibles, be opening to the book of Ephesians as we continue our series on the seven deadly sins. Tonight, our um, deadly sin we're talking about is anger. Anger. And uh, just so you know, maybe you haven't been here. Maybe this is your first time here ever here at Grace of Anne. Um, the reason for this series, there's several reasons. First and foremost, well, not first and foremost, but first of all, um, to diagnose our sin, to diagnose ourselves. Um, it, it's really helpful to know when I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like doing a quiet time or engaging God. I feel myself resisting God. It's not because I'm not, it's not because, oh, I'm just not a morning person. It's because I'm full of pride and I resist God. Um, when I go through social media and I feel myself resisting and getting angry at that guy or that girl who's having success that I want, I find myself that that's, that that reaction exposes envy. It helps again. This series helps just diagnose our humanity, our sin, to help us to understand ourselves. But knowing that, and I had somebody tell me this recently, and I, and I thought it was a really good thing that they said. They said, "Man, I, I'm starting to realize that everything I do is sinful." Good, <laughs> good, because because when you realize how sinful, when we start to realize how sinful we are, we're now in a place to realize how great our need is for Jesus. And that's a good place to be in. And not only that, but uh, finally, uh, the last reason for this series is I want us to see that, that sin, sin is, is it's a vertical issue. There's, there's something wrong. The reason I sin is because there's something wrong with my relationship with God. Um, that's what sin is. And so the cure for sin, the only hope for sin, is the cross and, and, and Christ. So that's what we're trying to do with this series. That's the reason for the series. Tonight we, we study um, this, this sin called anger or wrath. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 4, um, we're going to be reading verses 26. We might skip down actually to verse 31. And um, so just follow along in your Bibles. This is God's word, so, so let's pay careful, careful attention to it. It says this starting in verse 26. Be angry. Yeah, how about that? You know, we were talking about, we thought anger is a sin. And it says, be angry. It's a command from God. And do not sin. Um, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give and give no opportunity to the devil. Let's actually skip to verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Guys, anger, let's just be honest, it, 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 to me at least, when I was you know, studying for this series and I'm looking at the list of sins, to me, like, some of them seem cool, like I can't wait to get to gluttony and sloth, like sloth is next week, and that sounds just exciting, <laughs> because what is that? You know, we're going we're gonna to discuss that. But uh, when I saw anger, I was like, really? Anger? A- anger to me just seems like a, kind of just a normal part of life, a normal feeling. I mean, let's just be real, I mean, on the way probably just to hear the youth group tonight, I guarantee you there's probably some anger amongst us. Um, maybe your sibling did not get ready on time, or somebody made you late, or, or you got stopped at that traffic light, or somebody didn't go the speed limit. And it's just, there you feel this anger. Um, maybe even just in this room tonight, you know, somebody said something, or did something, or didn't behave the way you thought they should behave, and... and the reaction is anger. It just seems so common. And anger, let's just be honest again, it, it feels actually, it feels good. It feels so right so many times. Because to me, I, I just feel like the whole, this world is set up to kind of 
mess, mess me over. Like companies are set up for me to lose. Like all these things I sign up for, there's always hidden fees and costs. And, and let me tell you, like, it feels so good. I just, I mean, about a year ago, I remember just letting this person from Comcast have it. Because they, I'm like, you're cheating me, this hidden cost. And I'm like, it's not fair. And I find myself getting angry. And it felt right and good to get mad at somebody for overcharging me. Or, you know, it feels good to get anger when somebody's, you know, picking on you or slandering you or making fun of you, insulting your reputation. It feels good to get angry when somebody cuts you off in traffic. Like, and boy, I mean, I just, I can't wait to like, drive beside him and stare him down and, and pass him and, you know, do all kinds of ridiculousness on the road. And it feels good and right and normal. Anger's not like pride. I get that pride's not right. And I get that envy's not right. And when we get to lust, like I'm, I'm ashamed of, lust is just something that, that, that hangs over me like shame. But anger feels natural, acceptable, Good. And as we know, these are all root sins. Anger leads to so much destruction, guys. I mean, I think maybe you all have seen this in your own life. I mean, it leads to revenge, resentment, withholding forgiveness, bitterness, fighting, abuse, slanderous words, hatred, yes, even murder. Jesus equates anger and wrath and hate to murder. Maybe some of you come from homes where that's just the tone of the house. Your parents parent with anger. Maybe you come in here tonight verbally, been verbally abused your whole life. You've seen family, your family fall apart because of anger. I've, maybe I've seen churches fall apart over anger. I've seen families, churches, um, friends, Fall apart over anger. And by the way, if, if that's you, you know, coming from a, just a, a, you feel abused, maybe physically abused, like we're here to chat with you. We're here to talk with you. But I think we've all seen how anger can be so, so destructive. And so we really need to unpack anger tonight. Um, we're going to talk about, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to talk about what causes anger. And then we're going to talk about how anger is actually righteous. We see that in this text. There is such a thing as righteous anger. Then we're going to talk about sinful anger. And then we're going to talk about how do you actually root out anger. Does that make sense? Are you still with me? Eh? All right. First then. All right. What's the cause of anger? What's the cause of anger? Um, If I was to ask you, somebody has to walk up to you randomly, and I'm not sure why somebody random would ask you this question, but let's just say it did. Somebody comes up to you and is like, hey, what's the opposite of anger? What's the opposite of wrath? What would be your answer? I'm not, no, no, you don't have to talk to me. But that is a weird, like how weird that, would that be, by the way? Like somebody's like, who are you? What? That's a really random, weird thing. But if somebody's asked you, what's the opposite of, of anger and wrath? Would your answer be love? Oh, the opposite of anger, uh, love. No, it's, that's, it's Tim Keller, I think, that points it out, and it's masterful. The opposite of anger is indifference. No, I don't care. Who cares? Not a big deal. I have no feelings towards the matter. But anger, anger and love are actually tied really, really close together. Anger and love actually go hand in hand. Here's a couple, here's a, I think a decent thing to read here. A guy from, named Jonathan Parnell says this, anger is how we respond to whatever threatens, some, so, so, to whatever threatens someone or something we care about. 
Anger is love in motion to protect the object of our love. C.S. Lewis said this. I thought this was brilliant. It's a great word picture. Anger is the fluid that love bleeds out, bleeds out when you cut it. So let's say you cut love. The fluid, the, the, what bleeds out is anger. So again, does it not make sense that your reaction, your natural reaction when you see a friend that you love being picked on, threatened, made fun of, the natural response is going to be anger? The thing you love has been threatened, has been damaged. You cut love, love gets threatened, and what bleeds out? Anger. Let me tell you all something. Like, like, um, if you find, if, if a, a husband comes home and finds another man in the bed with his wife, the reaction's going to be anger if he loves her. If he comes in and says, eh, whatever, that's a man who does not love his wife. Um, just so we're on the same page, by the way, there's, there's very few things you can do to really, like, get under, well, I say that. Like, that would make me yell at you? <laughs> Surefire ways if you disrespect my wife. Because I love her. And the minute I see her being threatened or disrespected, anger has been, my love has been threatened, has been cut, and now rage comes out. So that's, 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 um, that's the cause of anger. Let's talk about now how is anger actually righteous? Well, again, you see in verse 26, look at your Bibles again. Verse 26, it says, be, anger, be angry and do not sin. All right, so we're commanded to be angry, yet don't be sinful in your anger. That, that's like, what? That's confusing. What is God saying here? Well, let's just be real here. Okay, so, so Jesus, as we know who is perfect, Got angry. Remember the whole turning the tables thing in the, in the temple? Y'all remember that? Turns on the tables, drives people out with a whip. It's an angry Jesus right there. And we know he was perfect. We're told that over and over again in Scripture. God, who is perfect, <laughs> gets angry. Um, this is what he said in Nahum. Oh, that's right. Y'all, Nahum is a book of the Bible. Um, and uh, he says this as a warning to Nineveh. And this is, look at this. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies. He stores up wrath and unleashes it on his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. The Lord will by no means um, clear the guilty. And this is a great description of, when you want to just have pictures of God's anger and wrath. I mean, it's horrifying. The mountains quake before him. The hills melt. The earth heaves before him, the world and all who dwell in it. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? His wrath is poured out like a fire. The rocks are broken into pieces by him. But yet you see in verse 7, yet the Lord is good. God, yes, God gets angry. He gets angry. That's his reaction to sin. Because God, listen to me now, follow me here. We just talked about the cause of anger. God loves with a holy love. God is holy. And he, with a holy love, he loves his glory and his creation. And sin is a disrespect, a spitting on God's glory, and it ruins God's creation. 
How else is God to respond? You see, a lot of times people think, oh, how could God be both loving and angry? How can a loving God send people to hell? They don't know love. They don't get love. Because God is holy. He loves with a holy love. He's zealous and passionate about his glory, his creation. Because God loves those things so dearly. Sin is an assault against that. So his holy response to sin is wrath. Wrath and love don't oppose each other. No, they go actually together. I hope that makes sense. Because, because you see, because God is righteous and has a righteous anger, again, we can, we're commanded to be angry. So what, what, what is righteous anger? Well, that's to be angry at what God gets angry at, right? Being a child of God, I, I'm supposed to emulate, resemble Jesus. So, what does God get angry at? Of course, sin. So naturally, I get angry at sin, specifically my sin. I get angry at all these injustices I see around me. To be specific, here's three things um, by Robert Jones on how to diagnose if our anger is actually righteous anger. Anger, righteous anger, it, one, it reacts to actual sin. It focuses on, well, that's supposed to be an uppercase G, on God and his kingdom, rights and concerns, not me, my kingdom, rights and concerns. And righteous anger is always accompanied by other godly qualities and expresses itself in a godly way. For instance, um, in Mark chapter 3, verse 5, this is Jesus getting angry. He gets angry at the religious leaders. And he said, he looked around, he saw them, and he was angry, grieved at their hardness of heart. So we see that Jesus gets angry, yet grieved. Grieved over their hardness of heart. When's the last time we've gotten angry and yet grieved at the same time? Or, or again, like that whole, that whole number two part right there. You know, like, um, you know, even when I'm having a theological debate and I'm like, I'm standing up for God. You know, I'm taking a stand. You know, somebody's insulting my God, and so I'm going to yeah, let him have it. Yeah, it's good that I get angry, but a lot of times my anger does not have to do with God and his kingdom and rights. It has to do with me being angry because I want to look intelligent and smart. It's like this is a personal assault against me. So my point is, even when we're angry about the right things, it's usually in the wrong ways. Never in my life, I don't think, I've ever been angry with with 100% righteous anger. Even when I'm angry at the right things. You know, when I rebuke people, I'm supposed to rebuke in gentleness. I don't do that. I blow up. So there is such thing as righteous anger. That's where we're supposed to be. Yes, we're supposed to be angry at sin, at our own sin, at injustice. But also, though, we're going to see, let's talk about sinful anger. Because you better believe. So, yes, it's good to be angry at sin and my sin, those things. But listen to me. Getting angry over your zipper getting caught? Or um, your sister sings too much? Or... For me, house projects, Jenna, where are you? You know that. It's, it's pitiful. I get, I, oh, I get angry. I mean, the thing doesn't go in the, the slot. Come on. I get angry. You can bet. That's sinful anger. 99 times out of 1,000, I feel like my, my anger is not directed towards anything righteous it's, it's, or good. It's directed at something ridiculous. Why is that? Here's key. This is key, guys. Don't miss this. We get angry at these things because we are broken 
sinful lovers. As Augustine says, we have inordinate affections. I have loves that are idolatrous loves. I have loves that are way too excessive, way out of proportion. And so here's the reality, guys. Listen to me. The reason I get mad all the time is because I love myself too much. I love things like my happiness, my comforts, my way of seeing life way too much. So when those things get threatened, my response is anger. Let me give you an example. Like, like yes, when somebody insults me, I get angry. And I bet you do too. And, that, and you know, to some degree, that's, that's fine. That's right. But let me, let, let's just, let's be real. Why is my anger for, over that probably about 100 times greater than my anger against, say, abortion? It's because I love my honor way too much. My honor just got, you know, I love it so much, more than God. Therefore, when you, you would threaten it, insult it, take it away, I'm coming back with anger. Or let's talk about that day you have set aside for, to watch your football game or do whatever you want to do, your plans and your comfort day. And this is, a day for, this is my day, a day for me. And then all of a sudden, here comes your parents giving you a list of chores. It's like, why is the response always anger? Because I love my plans and my comfort way too much. And my anger has exposed me. My idolatrous, excessive love. Not only does anger expose my excessive love, my idolatrous love, loving things over God, Anger also shows me that I'm trying to put myself in the place of God. I'm trying to play God. Here we go. On the way, for whatever reason, I get really mad at red lights. Why? I get really mad when, when, when sweet old lady goes 13 under the speed limit. And let's just talk. That light didn't sin against me. It's a light. That old lady, she's just driving along. She's not trying to, she's not sinning against me. Yet because life is not going the exact way I want it to go, I start having resentment. I start fuming, yelling, holding in grudges. Yeah. Anger exposes me wanting to play God. I want control. And so when things don't go my way, when my plans get interrupted, when, 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 when my parents tell me to do something, when my sister takes too long in the bathroom and I get angry, I'm angry because life is not going the way I want it to go. See, I love, see, anger exposes my love for control and my desire to play God. So follow me here, guys. Does that make sense that anger at the root of it, it's a vertical issue? Look at me. Your anger, my anger, it's not because of that other person's arrogance or their fault. We try to blame shift and say, oh, that caused me to get so mad. Yeah. And this exposes a vertical problem. I'm trying to play God, and it's not going well, and I get mad. Or I love something way, way, way too much, 
You see, that's where anger management classes, they don't talk about those things. Count to ten. Oh, thanks. How does that solve the problem? I mean, it keeps me from blowing up, but I'm still mad. I'm still seething. It's a vertical problem. And exposes it. That's what my anger exposes. So let me ask you something. What do you get angry about? Maybe you're just an angry person. What's the issue? Ah, there you find your idol. The thing you love the most. So the question is, how do we start root out, how do we root out anger? I got a few practical things, and then we'll get to one the, the ultimate way. First and foremost, uh, not first of all, um, look at verse. Hey, where did it go? Um, verse thirty. Let's read from verse twenty-six. Um, be angry and do not sin. Do not. There we go. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Guys, when you go to sleep at night, it's not good to harbor or cherish or sleep on anger. How do we not not go to bed with anger? Here's the key, guys. We put trust in God. Because you know what? That person who, who sinned against you, God is the judge. And He is just and good. I don't have to get revenge. I don't have to plan through how I can get, get them back tomorrow. No, I can rest in God. So don't let the sun go down on my anger. That's one thing, guys, to remember that. But also when we get up in the morning, this is what, um, how many of y'all know Bob Wood around here? Like he's, he's, he's a sweet man. He meets with me on Tuesday. He said something to me just this past Tuesday that I loved. He's like, when I wake up, I just kind of open my hands and say, God, this is your day. And, and, and whatever happens today, it, it, it's yours. You're in control, not me. And when I remember that God is sovereign and God's in control, guess what? Every red light, every insult, every annoyance, every inconvenience, I know, I know is under the rule and control of our sovereign God. Therefore, I can rest. Because anger is usually me resisting the sovereignty of God. So it's just a good way to start the morning. God, everything that's happening, I mean, you're in control. And then two more, confess your idols. Because again, anger exposes our idols, so confess them. And then finally, and ultimately, look at the cross. If I want my anger to be righteous, good anger, by looking at the cross, look at me. I see how God feels about my sin. I see what my sin has done. And I can't help but hate it. That's where repentance starts. I hate my sin and I want to turn away from it. It comes from meditating on the cross. And only that, but you see in verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Instead of harboring anger, I can give you forgiveness even when you don't deserve it because you know what? I didn't. Yet God through Christ forgave me. In the cross, we find a release. Uh, uh, we get to root out this anger. 
So guys, here's the reality. And we'll close like this. I think everybody in here would confess they're guilty of anger. And we all see how God feels about sin. The reality tonight is this. You have one or two options. Jesus pays for your sin and takes the wrath that your sins deserve, or you do. So who are you trusting in tonight? Let's take a moment and just in the, not to just sort of just to not just walk out of here so quickly without without at least thinking about these things. Take a moment and reflect on what you get angry about. Take a moment to confess those things to God. Yes, we love control. We want to play God, and anger shows it. We have loves that are way too excessive. Love things way more than God, and we need to confess that. And in Christ, we find forgiveness. And by the way, when I see how much I've been forgiven, next thing you know, I can find myself now forgiving the person I'm angry at. So take a moment and, and respond the way you should respond, by confessing, repenting, um, or maybe asking Jesus for the first time to save you because maybe you're under the wrath of God right now. Father, um, you are holy, and you love us with a holy love. You hate sin with a holy wrath, and we give you praise for that. Um, You alone are good, and we do come before you, Father, very broken, very exposed by just our anger on how we don't love you like we should, how we want to take control and don't trust you like we should, and we're exposed. We have no plea. We're guilty. We have no plea, no excuse, no defense. And so we look and we turn to the only one we can find a plea in. We turn to our advocate, Christ, and we say thank you for him because in him we know we've been offered forgiveness. We no longer are under your wrath, but we are fully forgiven. Father, for those in this room tonight who come in here just angry, they're angry people, would you loosen the grip of anger on their hearts? Um, Father, for us in here who are holding bitterness and grudges, probably for some of us for right reasons, good reasons, we've been wronged greatly. We need your help to do the impossible, to allow us to actually forgive And so we look to you, our only hope. Um, We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.